So welcome to the uh, first evening of 2020, week devoted to God. Hallelujah. So the week devoted to God, we've been doing this for I don't even know how many years. Uh, we did it a couple of years, then we took a couple of years off, and the Holy Spirit led us to start doing it again. And uh, it was literally to just take a week out of our busy life and dedicate it to God. And just say, Lord, Your will be done. It's all. It seemed good at the time, and it continues to seem good to do it the first week, because it's good to give the first fruits to the Lord. Amen? It's good to give the first fruits of our lives. And uh, I know it's a crazy time of year, um, with holidays and everything else, and usually we would have started last Sunday, but because uh, that would have meant we only had, would have had three days after Christmas and three days before, you know, it would have been just a, even crazier. We moved it back a week, and I think next year we'll be able to slide it back into a more earlier part of the year. But it's, it, you know, it's good, good to do it over the first of the year, too, the very first of the year. But we'll, we'll get there. Um, but the week devoted to God is... Um, is not something we just do to be doing. And I know it seems to, because we've done it every year now for quite a few years. But I wanted to just highlight the fact that, you know, you, for those of you who've known me for very long, I'll stop something if, if, I, you know, if the Holy Ghost doesn't tell us to do it. It doesn't lead us to do it. I'll just stop it. We'll just do something different. And I know that can be frustrating. I know I've frustrated some people just, you know, by just stopping. But... We won't, you know, we don't just do stuff to be doing it. It's that time of the year. It's that you know, it's on the schedule. We've we've done it every year for ten years. We want to be led by the Spirit, and that's really what this week is all about: is being led by the Spirit. Um, these meetings, and we, you know, they are meetings because we're getting. We have a, a designated time. We have a place that we're all showing up to, and we have a the evenings anyway for sure. Uh, very much a time schedule, and, and the week pretty much runs that way too. Very much a time schedule because we know that everybody's time is very precious, and especially evening. You know, we have kids who are go trying to go to school the next morning, and so on and so forth. That's why we we're going to begin right at seven o'clock each night, and we're going to be done right at seven or at eight thirty. We're going to be done right at eight thirty. And uh, somebody said one time, "Well, what if God wants to go longer?" I said, "That's great. We'll just." You know, if God wants, and He never has. All, in all these years, we've always been done exactly at 8.30. So tonight may be the one night we're not. I don't know, but I'm always open to what God wants to do. But at 8.30, if you need to go, go. What, well, 8.20, if you need to go, go. But these meetings are different. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Is these meetings are different than a Sunday morning service or, uh, or, or something like that. These meetings will have many of the parts of any other service. There will be times of worship. There will be times of prayer. There will be teachings. You're going to hear some amazing uh, word from uh, some amazing people this week. Um, but it isn't going to be like a Sunday morning service. Does that make sense? And I'm, I'm, I'm actually sharing this for a very important, or a very important purpose. Um, Tonight we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, actually, we're going to—I'm going to just share for a while first. 
But what I feel like we're supposed to do is I'm supposed to prepare our expectations for the week. What can I expect? What, how does this flow? What, what is it going to be like? How many of you ever heard of or read the book by uh, Kenneth E. Hagan, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits? How many of you ever read that? It's a phenomenal book. If you haven't seen it, haven't heard it, it's great because he talks a lot about this. He talks about that whenever you get together with a bunch of believers or when you get together in the name of the Lord, that what can happen is you get into a cycle. You get into a, a rut. Now, I know we're charismatic, word of faith, uh, uh, Holy Spirit-led, and we say, oh, we don't, we're not in a rut. Yeah, right. Just watch any church service. Three worship songs, the offering, you know, some announcements, preach the word, have a greeting time, and go home. You know what I mean? You can almost set your watch even against the, uh, the word of faith, you know, the Holy Ghost-led services. We can get into a rut. But that every time we get together, God has a purpose for that meeting. Tonight, God has a purpose for this meeting. There's a reason He called us together. There's a reason that He put it on my heart to, to schedule it. Our heart as a staff to prepare for it. Our, the worship team to come together and worship. For you guys to even come. There's a, you came here tonight with a purpose. I believe you were led by the Holy Ghost. So as we come together, we need to understand what the purpose is for why we're together tonight. Why we're together tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Every morning at 10 o'clock, we're going to have prayer. We're going to get together and we're going to pray. And I'll talk some more about that tomorrow, that when we get together and pray, um, it's not we're not going to make a list of, of demands and just r rattle them off and make sure we get everything covered. The, the main overall purpose, here's, here's where we start, is the main overall purpose of this whole week is to be in the presence of God. If we don't do anything else, if nothing else happens, for you to experience the presence of God is the number one purpose. For you to be in His, in His presence, hearing His voice. There have been testimonies and testimonies and testimonies of things that God has done through the week devoted to God's that we've been to. God. Multiple God, weeks. Weeks devoted to God, yes. Not, yeah, we don't want to get weird. We go, woof, that went bad real quick. It's all about the apostrophe, folks. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to keep my focus now. All right. But we have a purpose. And that purpose, sometimes we don't even know what that purpose is. Okay? But we can find out the purpose as we flow along. Now, one of the things that I want to point out right now, I'm going to look across the room here. I know absolutely everybody in this room. I know everybody. I've met, I've known you. I've met you. You're all believers. I know that. I know I've heard your confession. I've seen your life. You're believers. So tonight's meeting is different than an evangelistic service. It's different than a outreach. It's different. We're all coming together as believers. And when you come together as believers, the rules are kind of different. They can be different. They can be a little more exciting. Now, what I mean by that is this. When, you're, when, when it's an evangelistic service, there's some things that you should do and there's some things you shouldn't do. 
Okay? There's some things um, that maybe you want to, you know, but you'd be led, every bit, every bit of it you'd be led. But in a believer's surface, service, there's, a, there's actually Scripture on how it's supposed to work. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians 14. First Corinthians 14, beginning with verse 26. First Corinthians 14:26 says, "What then, brothers, when you come together, each one, everybody say each one. Each one. Turn, turn to the person next to you and say, "You're in each one. You are in each one. Jamie, you're in each one. Wayne, you're in each one. The oldest person in the room is in each one. The youngest person in the room is in each one. You're born again. You have the Spirit of God in you. God is going to, is, God is going to reveal Himself to you this week. Tonight. He, want, he could actually have you share something. You know, and that may scare you. You may think, well, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't sign up for that. That's not what I came here for. I didn't come here to share anything. Well, remember, tonight is not about what we want. It's about what He wants. He's the Lord. He's King. When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be one or two at most, or three at most, and each in turn let someone interpret. You know, how many times have we got together as, a, as the body of Christ and we don't hear a tongue and interpretation anymore? Most. Why is that? Is it because God, well, God doesn't do that anymore? No. I believe, personally, I believe, because, thank you, Jamie. <laughs> Say that real loud into my microphone. People are scared. <laughs> People are scared. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'll do anything but that tongues thing, okay? That public tongues thing. You don't ask me to do that, God. But it's one of the gifts. It's one of the things, it's one of the ways that God speaks. But we don't see it much. Why? Because people are, you know, I'll get up and prophesy. Oh, thus saith the Lord. Because that's just a little less weird than tongues and interpretation. The other reason is that, you know, the same line is scared is, okay, well, I may have a tongue, but what if nobody gets up and interprets it? Then you have to. Well, that, thanks for putting even extra pressure on me now. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm joking. I don't know. I, I know exactly what you're saying, and that's exactly true. But, but people, we, we don't step over into that other area, that other depth, because we just don't. We're Americans. We don't do that. You know, we're we're Midwesterners, as we heard this morning. You know. We, we're Midwesterners. We we don't we don't get you know we're not going to go way over the edge. 
But once again, we're not, that's not our culture. Midwest is not our culture. Americans, not our culture. Our culture is the kingdom of God. And that's the way this works. So I want to encourage each and every one of us. It's not only tonight. I, I, you know, one of the things we were praying a while back, and I was just talking to Vern about it before the service. We were praying a while back, and all of a sudden I just heard this word. And it's been amazing how God keeps building on this word. Protocol. Protocol. He, it, just, it wasn't even in the context of anything at the moment, but I heard the Lord say protocol. What's protocol? Protocol is an established way of doing things. And it's a purposeful, reasonable, there's a reason why you do a certain thing a certain way at a certain time. And I believe this week, we need to, that's why I'm sharing first. That's before we even have worship. And I know this is already, we're already out of order here. Wait a second. This is crazy. This is, you know, we usually we start with worship. I, I'm already uncomfortable here, folks. We're doing this out of order. But we need to establish the protocol. And, and, and now, don't take the, me saying we need to establish the protocol to go, oh, great, here comes a bunch of rules. No, it's the exact opposite. Here comes a bunch of freedom. Here comes a whole lot of freedom. Because we're all believers here. Everybody here. Some more people have come in the room. They're believers too, okay? They're good. We don't have to worry. It's, we, we, can, we can operate, we can relax and step over into the fullness that Christ has, has given to us to live free. And that means when the Holy Spirit moves you, you follow Him. And you do exactly what He tells you to do. And watch what happens. You watch what happens when, when all of a sudden in the middle, you know, you're, we're, we're moving along and, and we, we, there's going to be a flow. I, I know that we're going we're to talk about flow. The flow of the Holy Ghost, the, 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 the stream, you know, it's like, it's like a river. You, can, you get into the flow and all of a sudden you can feel the current. You ever been in a, a fast moving stream? You can feel the current push you in a, one, in a direction. Now you can fight it and go a different direction, but in the flow of the Holy Spirit, why? Don't fight against it, just go with it and see where it takes you. Because He's doing it on purpose. But each one of us can do that. And if all of a sudden you feel like, oh, I feel like I'm, I feel a, a leading, a nudge to pray in the Spirit, to, to give a word in the Spirit, just step out and do it and watch what God does. You'll be amazed. We'll be amazed. We'll be blessed. Have you ever given a word? I'll start there and I'll come back and go the other way around. Have you ever given a word totally by faith and somebody goes, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I need. That's the answer I've been looking for. Or, let me go the other way. This is the other way I can say it is, has anyone ever just got up and gave a prophecy or a word to you and all of a sudden you went, whoa, that's the, that's the answer I've been looking for. Yeah, many times. Well, praise God, they had, they had the, 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 the realization that God was leading in that direction and then they had the guts to do it, to step out. Verse 29, let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. 
you know, that word prophets nerves people out because they think, well, I'm not a prophet. You know, I'm not Elijah. I'm not, <coughs> excuse me. I'm not Moses. I'm not one of the old prophets. No, what that's talking about is somebody has, gets up and has a word. They have a teaching. They have, some, they have an, an inspired utterance from God. And it doesn't mean you have to preach for 45 minutes. It might be just you have, I got, I got something I got to share. The Lord just put this on my heart. And it doesn't matter how old you are. I, I, keep, I keep getting drawn to the kids. The kids, you're a part of this. God speaks to you. I know God speaks to you. But it, you know, many times for, for the youth or for the young people, it's even a little harder because, well, there's a bunch of old people here. All the old people used to be young people at one time. And nothing will bless us more than watching the young people get up and share a word from the Lord. We'll be so blessed. So blessed. That, that word prophet, it's, not, it's, just, it's just somebody gets up and says, you know, God's been stirring this up in me. and I, I, you know, Can I take three minutes to, to just share what, what the Lord has shown me? Watch what happens. That could be the very answer somebody has been praying weeks for. That little story you tell, that, that little encouragement, that, that word. It doesn't have to be, Thus saith the Lord. Huh. I was trying to be as Pentecostal as possible there, but I'm not really good at it. I'm not good at it at all. You don't have, it doesn't have to be all affected and, and showy. I, you know, I, I tell this story every once in a while. One of the most powerful prophecies that came true, one of the most powerful prophecies anyone ever gave to me was over the phone while he was eating an apple. I was telling him how much I was, I was, it was hurting me. My, my youngest brother was, had walked away from God, and I had been trying to witness to him, and he kept rejecting. Every, every time I would talk to him, he would get madder and madder. So I was telling this friend of mine, and all of a sudden I hear, he's... You know, John, the Lord, the Lord just spoke to me and said, you've been faithful to witness to other people's family. You've been faithful. I'm not kidding you. He did this through the whole thing. I'll quit with the sound effects. But the word was, you've been faithful to witness to other people's family. God says he's, your family is going to be saved. And within, it was probably it was quite a few years, it was probably, what, six, seven years, my little brother calls me up and says, hey, John, do you want to come to Las Vegas? I don't know. Why would you want me to go to Las Vegas? He goes, would you come out for my baptism? I was like, pardon? Well, I just need to let you know, I've been going to a church and I rededicated my life to the Lord and I'm going to get baptized. Yes, I'll be there. <laughs> yes, of course I'll be there. But that prophecy was nothing ecclesiastic. It was just real. That's what we're talking about here. We're just talking about Loving God, getting in His presence, and letting Him use us in a very real way. 
So tonight, tomorrow, throughout the week, the rules that we usually have or that we usually have received about how church is done, we need to set those aside. I'm giving you the permission to set those aside. I told Jamie when we first, she, you know, when I first talked to her right before the service, I said, well, Jamie, I'm going to start messing with you right up front. She goes, well, of course you are. <laughs> I say, surprise, yeah, surprise, surprise, you know. But because we need to set aside the rules, because why are we here? Let's set, that, let's set the ground rules right now. We're here to, to honor God. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus. We're here to do His will. God has some things He wants to do this week. There's things He wants to do at night. There's things He wants to do in the mornings. There's things He wants to do in the afternoons. There's a, he, had, he has a plan. And, I, and I've shared this with some of the leaders of the churches and the ministries, and, but I've also shared it this morning with, the, with our church, is every year I've, I've had a schedule. I've had a, I've, many times I've had a theme. I've had, and I have prayed and I've prayed. It's not that I'm not doing my due diligence. I've been seeking God. And every time I try to, to make a plan, the Holy Spirit says, rest. Just rest. That's easy to, for you to say because you know what you're going to do, but I don't know. And I'm the leader. What if nothing happens? Really? Really? What if nothing happens? We put God first. We, we honor Him. We lift up. We make room for Him to move according to His will and His desire and His love for us. Watch what He does. Watch what He does. So, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue. Let all things be done for the building up of the body of Christ. Turn over to Isaiah 55. This week is about putting Him first. The one verse... The one verse that I I have gotten, and I want to encourage you with, and I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form it's a theme verse or anything else. I'm just saying I, I, this is one that's really stuck out recently. When, whenever I pray about this, it's Isaiah 55, 6. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty." but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed 
in the thing for which I sent it. God has the ability. His, his word is powerful. We don't always understand everything. I don't. I don't understand everything about God. I, 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 the longer I've walked with Him, the more I understand. But even the more I understand, the less I understand. His ways are higher than our his, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know, I don't even know what I don't know that God knows. I, we don't even have a clue. He just, you know, so when, when God is moving in a certain way and we're wondering, I don't get why He's doing that. I don't get what He's doing with my life. I don't get what He's doing with the church. I don't get what He's doing with so-and-so. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. God must be wrong. Well, no, that's the wrong assumption. The right assumption is, I don't, I don't know everything there is to know about God. I don't understand everything that He's doing. And I don't have to. But that, that takes me laying down my pride. That makes me be humble and say, I guess I don't understand it all. I don't have to, I don't like it all. There's a lot of, there's things that happen within Christianity I don't like. But he never asked me my opinion. What we're supposed to understand is that he is good. Bottom line, he's good. He's good. But that verse, seek Him while He may be found. This week, this whole purpose, everything we're doing this week is about seeking Him. If nothing else happens, just to say, God, I want to experience more of You right now. Lord, I, I, want, I want to be in Your presence. I want to know You more. I want to, under, I want to be with You. I just want to be... And Lord, whatever You want to show me, I'm open. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me go deeper. Help me, help me be in Your presence. Help me to, to step beyond where I have control. Which can be a really scary thing. Because we like to be in control. But I guarantee you, if you seek Him, if you lay down all your preconceived ideas, you lay down your, your, ex, your expectations, your rules, your, your line, your baggage, you lay everything down, I absolutely guarantee you, because the Word promises it, you seek Him with all of your heart, He will be found by you. Because He loves you. He loves you so much. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you haven't done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right now if, if 10 unsaved people walked in here. They came in. They don't know anything about God. But if all they say is, you know what? All right. I'll try this thing. God, reveal yourself to me. Guess what's going to happen? Because it says, if you seek me, you will find me. That's what this week is about. This week is about seeking him. You may not say a word this week. You may never have a, a prophecy. You may not have a, a word of knowledge. You may not have a tongue. You may not lay hands on the sick. You may, you may lay hands on the sick. It doesn't matter how this week plays out. If your heart is, God, I want to know you more this week. Watch what he does. 
Watch what he does. He'll change you. This week is about him. It's about him. Not even about you. It's about him. A week devoted to God. I have one more scripture I want to share. And then we'll continue to follow God here. Turn with me to Malachi. Malachi, last book of the Old Testament. Malachi 3.16. This is a really cool set of verses. I don't know if you've ever seen these before. But they're just... They're, they're really cool. I guess that's the best way I can say it. Now, beginning with Malachi 3.16, says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before Him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed His name. Isn't that cool? What, you know, In modern day English, it's saying a bunch of people got together with their eyes, with their heart focused on God, and he took notice. Why does this week work? Why is this week so powerful? It's because a bunch of people come together and they purpose to be about God. And when you do that, when we do that, he takes notice. And it says here a book of remembrance. I don't know exactly what that means. That's cool that he wrote it, but he he wrote it down. He wrote down who was there. He wrote down that they got together. It was important to him that they took time to give him notice. So this week, whether it's tonight, whether it's tomorrow, we're just going to be led by the Holy Spirit. I don't have an agenda from this moment forward. Now, that doesn't mean that at some point the Lord may say, John, I want you to do something such and such. You might want to give up and get, get a word or pray for the sick or stand on your head and kick your heels. I don't know. I mean, just I have no idea what could happen. But right this moment, I don't know what's going to happen from here through next, the end of next Saturday. I don't know who's speaking when. I don't know who's sharing what. I don't know who's leading worship. I mean, you have an idea who's leading worship, but you might even go, oops, sorry, we're going to switch this around and go do something else. God's going to lead us in this direction. We have the, you have the freedom to be led by the Holy Spirit. Please, use that freedom. Amen? Let's all stand. So, what I want to do to begin is just humble ourselves. Amen? So if you just stand, close your eyes. Nobody's going to look at you. I'm going to close my eyes once I have my feet firmly planted on this one step here so that I don't move and step off. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm not looking at anybody. Raise your hands up real high. Raise them as high as you want, can, should, need to, feel led. Raise your hands up and just, just pray this after me. Father God, Tonight is yours. This week is yours. I'm yours. Lead me and guide me this week, Lord. I want to know you more. 
and I give you the right to show yourself to me. I love you, Father. You're so good. You're so good. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name. There's the, the message in tongues, but there's also just praying in the Spirit. It's good to pray in the Spirit. It's good to worship Him with our, un, with our tongue, with, a, with His words, His tongues through our voice. So let's just lift up your voice right now. Let's just pray. Let's just worship Him. Doesn't have to have an interpretation to this. We're just praying in the Spirit. We're just praying in His, His Spirit through our Spirit. The power of tongues is so important and so so available for the times that we need it. When we have struggles in our life and we just don't know how to pray and how to come before the Lord and how to ask for things, we have tongues to be able to do that, have that tongues to be able to communicate with God that way. A couple weeks ago, I was out at college and I was going through a lot of stuff. And I just got to the point where I was sitting in my bed and I was like, Lord, I don't know what to pray anymore. I don't know what to say. And so, years of just being taught over and over about the about tongues and praying in the Spirit, I just sat in my bed and I just started crying. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do, and I don't know what to pray, so I'm just going to pray in tongues. And I, I prayed and prayed and prayed, and the tongues just kept flowing out of me. My roommate probably thought it was crazy, but I didn't care in the moment. And so I just kept praying and praying, and it got louder and louder. And the weeping immediately turned into joy, and I just started laughing. And it was like this from my toes up to my head, it just, I was shaking and I was laughing and I never experienced anything like it before. And it was just the complete power of God and how powerful tongues is. And the more I prayed, the more God revealed answers and revealed the things that I needed to know. So I encourage you, anytime that you ever just don't know what to pray, just pray in tongues. And no matter who's around, maybe they'll be so influenced and so blessed by the power that they will ask you about it and there will even be an opportunity for more. Praise the Lord. So good to be in His presence. Amen. So good.
so good to be here tonight. I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you're here.